1: Today, as we continue in our teaching series, I I want to begin by uh, playing a video, Uh, and and while we're watching this clip, I I want you to pay attention uh, to how you feel, or, you know, maybe, I I think this is going to invoke some feelings for you, as it does for me, even still, but I want you to pay attention to how you feel and what comes up as you watch, so let's begin today uh, with this clip.
2: No. Hey Trip. I need your help in here. Can't get the TV to work. Would you like help with billing questions, upgrading your service, or something else? Those are my only options. Or if you'd like me to repeat these options. Representative. I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Zero. That doesn't do anything. Pound. Nor does that. Pound, 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 zero, 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 star, 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 pound, okay, pound. Okay, I give up. Please hold. say or enter your account number. I don't have that. Or if you don't have it, please say or enter the last four digits of the primary account holder's social security number. <sighs> 4457. Thanks. Someone will be with you momentarily. Did you know you could upgrade to our Platinum Blast package for just 4 dollars Just figured since your product wasn't working, you'd be in the mood to pay us even more. Oh. What's going on, man? Ah, there you are. Can you get the game on the TV, please? Just having to restart my system real quick. It'll be just one moment. How are you doing today? I am going to need to re-verify your identity. I'll just need your grandfather's best friend's high school mascot's first car. Hello? Oh God, do not make me start over again. Would you like help with billing questions? Upgrading your service? Why? G'day mate, this is Nick, I'm happy to assist you. Can I just get the model number of your washer dryer combo, please? Washer dryer combo? Tyler, right? I think maybe I got transferred to the wrong department. Tyler, T-A-Y-L-O-R? That's Taylor, Tyler. 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 Yep, good. Tyler. Tyler. T-Y-L-E-R. Okay, please hold, mate. Okay, so Tyler, it looks like the reason you're not able to get the game is because we're having connection issues. Connection issues? Yeah, it's just something we say when we don't know what the problem actually is. So, what do I do? Why don't you try turning it off, wait 10 seconds, and then start it back up again? I already did that. Well, just do it again. No. You have to, okay? It's the only thing I actually know how to help you do. Okay, so after all of this, the solution is to turn it off and turn it back on again. Is there anything else I can help you with while I'm here? No. No, there's not. There's no secondary problem that I've been waiting to reveal until now. Just give me one moment while I go talk to the engineers. And just to be clear, there's no engineers here. I'm just gonna put you on hold for a while. Yo, Tyler. What are you doing? Would you say our service was somewhat helpful? Moderately helpful? <laughs> Very helpful? Really extremely helpful?
1: <laughs> Have you been there? Yes. Did th- I mean, I've seen this multiple times now, and it still like pulls up in me some angst and a little bit of frustration. Like, did y'all get in on that? Like that feeling of, this ain't even our call, but we've been there. <laughs> and we can recognize those feelings, that feeling of angst and frustration, and even when he just screams out, why? Like, oh boy, that is real, right? I began with this clip today because the way those interactions make us feel, that we've been able to laugh about today, but in the moment when we're on the phone, we're anything but laughing. The way we feel in those moments, what if, what if those same feelings are the way that your neighbor feels about your church. Those feelings we have of calling our cable provider or the cell phone company or, or whatever it may be, those interactions and those feelings and frustrations, what if, friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, the people you go to class with, what if that's how they feel about the church? Like, uh, ah, that hurts, right? Like, it doesn't hardly even seem possible that the church would have become on the same level as the cable provider, the internet company, But, but one look at current survey data reveals that that's what people are saying about the church. And hey, friends, we're the church. The reality is, Is that if we're going to be people of mission, if we're going to embrace Jesus' call to love others, to share the good news, we've got a lot of work to do. And as our teaching series continues today, we're going to see that perhaps one of the ways we can begin to bridge that gap to work through some of these feelings in our friends and our neighbors is that we're going to have a need and then see a renewed perspective on serving that may help us begin that journey in Jesus' name when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that his death was right around the corner, he took specific time not only to tell his followers once again, but to show them once and for all that serving is the way of his kingdom. And in those moments, friends, Jesus set the standard for all of those who would follow after him for you and for me. And with that, I I welcome you back to our teaching series, Your Unchurched. Neighbor. And throughout this series, uh, we're pausing and we're seeking specifically to be more informed, to be better equipped, and yes, to even be challenged to consider our mission, our call to go into the world sharing the good news of Jesus. Because we all know friends and family, sons and daughters, uh, mothers and fathers and co-workers that haven't experienced that transformation of Jesus, that aren't on their way to heaven with him for eternity. Friends, they are why we're taking this time out. We want to be faithful in communicating the love and good news of Jesus to our friends and neighbors. And as we continue in our teaching series today, we're going to see that most often one of our first opportunities to reach someone, if we're really leaning in, if we're really interested in reaching them, it will likely come as an opportunity to serve them, to serve them. So after we do the work of understanding that we unpacked in week one and we have done the work of praying as Pastor Terry led us through last week, next up will so often come the opportunity to come the work of serving others. And to serve someone, just to be clear, doesn't mean we have to agree with them or that we do agree with them or their lifestyle. It doesn't mean that we approve or affirm of their beliefs or their actions. It just simply means that we are willing to be obedient to God and follow his example where they are concerned, no questions asked. Because, friends, that's how Jesus lived right up into his final hours. Our teaching text today is found in the Gospel of John. If you have your copy of Scripture, I invite you to turn. Uh, We're going to be in John chapter 13. Uh, beginning in verse 1. And just a little bit of of run-up. The way uh, John has composed his gospel chronologically, uh, chapter 13 begins the upper room discourse. Jesus' final hours, these are the hours before he would be betrayed and handed over to the authorities to be crucified. And he's gathered his disciples together and they're having a meal, they're having the final words, the last words Jesus would utter to his disciples. And that's where we're getting allowed into here, if you will in John's gospel in chapter 13. So we're going to read 1 through 17. It's a long portion of scripture, and I'm going to uh, have a couple pieces I want us to think about on the way through. But John chapter 13, the text is on the screen. It says, it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end It says, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And I just want to pause here for a moment. The trouble when we read this text is that that doesn't floor us. Is that that doesn't just set us back in our chair. Because I can assure you, friends, for the disciples in that room in that moment, they were struck. Speechless. Let's continue in in verse 6. It says, He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, he says, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And Peter says, then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, said those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place do you understand what i have done for you he asked them do you understand today friends You understand what jesus has done for you you call me teacher and lord and rightly so for that is what i am now that i your lord and teacher have washed your feet you should wash one another's feet i have set you an example that you should do as i have done for you Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Let's pray together. Lord, um, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for the gospel writer, John, that, Lord, we can see into this window of your final hours, of your instructions for your followers. Lord, if we want to be anything, Lord, we want to be your followers, your disciples, Lord. So will you open our eyes and our ears, tune our hearts to hear your voice today. Search us, oh God. Transform us in your image for your glory, Lord. Help us to see how you served and how you loved. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. At first glance and first pass through the, this text, it's hard for us to, to really grab a hold of the magnitude of what has just taken place because we don't really get down with this whole idea of foot washing, right? Like it's pretty removed for us. So, another way you might better think about this like you have Jesus over for dinner, which is really cool in and of itself, right? But Jesus is over for dinner and he's there at the table and dinner's going good and, and, and Jesus just gets up. Right? Like, didn't really say a whole lot, but he starts heading towards your bathroom and not the bathroom you cleaned for everybody to use, the bathroom that only you use and didn't clean because nobody's supposed to see it. He starts heading towards that bathroom in the house, right? Like, Jesus is making his way there, and as he gets in that room, he begins to wipe down the vanity and and reorder the clutter, and and he moves from the vanity, and he he grabs the brush and the bowl cleaner and begins to clean that toilet that nobody was supposed to see. I mean, can you imagine the humiliation and, and and just the wanting to him to stop and just to interject him to cut him off? Like, can you imagine that feeling? I mean, we would have some serious objections, right? But they'd go, no, 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 you can't go in there. I mean, if you came over to my house, i would be going, no, 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 you can't go in. Like, right? Imagine that was Jesus. Let me, let me just let me touch it up a little bit before you get there. We would be trying to pull back, trying to restrain him. We might even be fumbling over our words much like Peter was in those moments. You see, in the time of Jesus, people wore open-toed shoes if they wore shoes at all. And so their feet had collected all the dirt and the grime. And, uh, well, it's an agriculturally based uh, society, so you do the math. What else was on their feet? Uh, But as they would come into a home, it was common courtesy for the owner of of the home to offer them to wash their feet. And so you might anticipate it like in a cold winter's day, you come into someone's home with a toboggan beanie and a big heavy coat. Uh, Someone takes your coat and puts it in the closet. Like that hospitality is what you would expect, except with foot washing, the owner of the home wouldn't even do it. It was a job, if you will, that was below them. And so they would have their servant wash the guest's feet. Friends, that's what Jesus did in this text. That's why Peter's fumbling over his words. You see, in those moments, he not only did the job of a servant, he set it as the example, he set it as the standard for every person, every person that would follow after him. When he said, no servant is greater than his master, he's saying loud and clear to anyone who would follow him, you are servants. And that echoes down through generations. 2,000 years to us today, loud and clear, you are servants. An interesting question comes up for me at this point. Like, If this scene, if you can imagine, if this scene, if this display of the heart of Jesus and his perspective on serving is the example, it's the standard he's left for his followers. The, the, The question I can't escape, friends, is why is it? That 2,000 years later, the, the polls and the surveys reveal that people all around us feel the same way about the church. You and me, they feel the same way about the church as they would about calling their cable television provider. If you think back to our first teaching series where we unpacked this idea for understanding, we have to ask ourselves, what happened? What has happened? And I ask that because I have to believe that if this example, if we were living and serving and loving like Jesus, if I was, if you were, if we were together, people couldn't say that about us, could they? Could they? If we modeled this type of Jesus love in in our workplaces, in our homes, through the church, we would be involved in people's lives. We would be relevant. We would be people of compassion and not condemnation. And this is not the preacher beating up on you today. Because I, I know that we've done these things, that we're doing these things. We're serving our community. We've already done some amazing things. But I just can't help but ask, what would it look like? What would it look like to love and serve like Jesus more? What would that look like in my life? What would that look like in your story? What would that look like for us at the East Campus today in 2022? How can we lean in to bridging this gap between the church and our communities? How can we bring the love of Jesus into the lives of more people in Elkton and beyond? How can we be so obedient and so compassionate that people are shocked? What would that look like? What would that look like? As I've studied and reflected on this passage in preparing this week, I've reflected on this example that Jesus said, and not only here, but see, this is really the culmination. His whole life lived this example of serving, and I believe there's a couple things that we can lean into that must be true, a couple of things that must be true of us individually, and yes, true of us as a church if we're to continue to live our lives on mission like Jesus. Note takers, you're going to love this one. There's three points, and so I I encourage you to just jot those down. First, for us to love and serve and look like Jesus, we must have the heart of Jesus. For us to serve like Him, we must have His heart. This is no surprise. It goes without saying, we are not Jesus, but... There's a beautiful invitation in relationship with him that his spirit, his life, his heart is birthed within us as we are his disciples. We must undergo that heart transformation. His heart must be our source for living our everyday lives, especially if we are going to serve and love like he did. Let's look at at verses 1 through 3 because introducing this idea, uh, uh, John has shown an explicit contrast between two different heart postures, two different sources, if you will, between Jesus and Judas. Verses 1 through 3, it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. In verse 3, Jesus knew. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. You you see, in these moments, Jesus knew his identity, his mission. He was secure in the Father because he knew whose he was. His compassion and his love for his disciples flowed out of his relationship with the Father. And friends, that's how it will happen in our lives, is through relationship with God the Father. We can't pull this off on our own. You see, the contrast that was given us there is between Jesus and Judas. Judas had given in to the leading of the devil to to look out for his own interests. It's easy for us to imagine that Judas had really bought into this popular idea that Messiah was coming as a military conqueror. He was going to overthrow the Roman army and kick those guys out and set up uh, the children of Israel in power again. But see, Jesus kept talking about this bleeding, suffering, and dying way of the kingdom that it wasn't going to be a military revolution. And when Judas realized that the plans weren't going to unfold like he thought, he said, I'm out. You see, his heart posture, though he had witnessed the miracles, he'd heard the fireside chats. In the moment, his heart turned inward towards self. And he betrayed Jesus to the authorities that would ultimately kill him. And so in this picture, we see a contrast between the heart of the Father and a heart given to the enemy and selfishness. If we're to ever serve and love like Jesus, we must have his heart. Next, friends, as we have his heart, we must submit to the way of Jesus. Let's look at our text in verse 6 through 8. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? There's that objection we talked about, right? Like, no, 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 Lord, don't go in that bathroom. Go in the clean one over here. Like, that's the objection. Peter was pushing back against the way of Jesus. Jesus replied to him, said, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, he's still pushing back, you see. He's not surrendering. He's not giving himself to the way of Jesus. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. But Jesus answered him, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless you surrender to my way, to my kingdom order, you have no part with me. Friends, for us to love and serve like Jesus, we must surrender to the way of Jesus. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to think that serving is a nice extra if I have time. I push back on that call sometimes. But Jesus, in this interaction with Peter, sets it clear that no, 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 no. You must be about my way. The reality of Jesus' words in this moment was that Peter couldn't have his way, and neither can we. We must submit to the way of Jesus. And finally today, We need his heart. We need to surrender our all. Like we just sang, we surrender our all to the way, the flow of Jesus' kingdom in our world. And finally, we need to have his perspective on serving. His perspective on serving. Uh, If you were to look at the Gospel of Luke in chapter 22, uh, that's where Luke is recording all these similar events, right, the same time frame. Uh, Verse 24 records a surprising conversation that's going on between the disciples. Uh, Verse 24 of Luke 22 says this, it says, "...a dispute, aka a good old-fashioned argument, also arose among them the disciples as to who would be considered the greatest." Did you catch that? In these final hours, the cross is just ahead. Jesus has pulled the boys in for a final farewell address, and they're arguing about who's going to be the top dog. They're saying, no, 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 well, Big James, you you screwed up the other week. I'm going to have your spot at the right hand now. Well, no, 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 you dropped the fish. I'm going to be there. They're arguing about this idea of who's going to be the top dog. You, you see, it reveals in those moments that they had the wrong perspective on what it meant to serve in God's kingdom. They were looking at serving in the question. They were asking themselves, "What's in it for me?" The disciples in these moments were asking, "What's in it for me? When I serve, what's my reward? When I give, what am I going to get in return?" You see, that's a heart posture. That's a mindset that asks, if I serve, what's in it for me? Maybe, maybe today that would sound like, ah, I don't need to join a life group. What's in it for me? I, I mean, I study the Word, and uh, I share meals with my family, and man, I'm, pff, I'm busy. I don't have time for that. Well, man, I, you know, I, I'm just not ready to serve as a greeter. I've been to church, I mean, it's like been 16 months now, but I'm still just checking it out, and I'm just not sure I'm ready to commit yet. Maybe at work or at school, it's something like, no, I'm not going to pick up that piece of trash, that's their job. I can't empty that trash can at the cafeteria, that's for them. I might get dirty, what's in it for me? An inconvenience, stinky hands. Maybe I'm too busy to volunteer at the food bank. Man, I, I would have to so realign my schedule. And good grief, I only get one day off a week. And it just makes me nervous and itchy to think about that commitment. That's mine. See, I'm not exempt from this either. Have you ever been there? an opportunity to serve. To serve someone shows up and our default goes to what's in it for me. What's in it for me? It's all too easy for us to look at serving, to be encountered with these opportunities and to fall into. Maybe not explicitly, we wouldn't articulate it like that, but our response shows that we're asking the question, what's in it for me? But yet in this text, the heart of Jesus and in His example all the way to the cross says that Jesus looks at serving and His question is, what's in it for them? What's in it for them? That's Jesus' perspective on serving. is to look at those opportunities and say, what's in it for them? What would change in your life today if that was your renewed perspective in Christ? To go about your day looking, what's in it for them? Maybe today the better question we could ask is instead of how would your life change, how would this perspective change the lives of others around you? If you looked at every opportunity and asked, what's in it for them? I I know in my story, I've been the benefactor of so much of this of people who have had Jesus' perspective on serving. Uh, When I was younger and running from the Lord, I can tell you for a fact there was nothing whatsoever in it for Pastor Jim Harrison, who was on staff at the Harrisonburg campus. There was nothing in it for him to keep up with me, to call me, to text me, to take me out to traditions. There was nothing in it for him. But he had the right perspective. You see, I, I used to be a little younger, a little slimmer, and a better metabolism like I could eat. And so Pastor Jim, boy, he he would call me out to traditions because I I loved chicken then like I do now. And and so what we see in that moment, it actually cost him to serve me because I could eat. But you know what? He never once asked what's in it for Jim. He was serving going, what's in it for him? I hope I never forget that. I never forget that. And as your pastor today, friends, I'm hoping that you hear me, that you're tracking with me. We need a renewed perspective on serving to ask what's in it for them. Whose story today, friends, could you impact with this perspective? Maybe it's the people you're going to meet in that new life group that you connect with and share meals with and read God's word together with. Maybe that's who it'll be. Maybe it's going to be somebody you meet serving in Kid City or at the door. Maybe maybe it's going to be that coworker that's been grouchy for six weeks and you've just had enough, but you know what? The Lord said to kill them with kindness, so I'm going to serve them. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's that waitress today. You don't need to go out to eat today, but maybe on another Sunday it's the waitress you run into. And maybe they've been short with you. They even messed up your order. Maybe it's them that you can serve. Giving them a lavish tip because it just doesn't matter. Maybe that's how God's going to show his love to them in that moment. That instead of just returning aggravation for aggravation, no, 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 we're going to serve in it because the question is not what's in it for me, how have you missed my order? No, it's what's in it for them. What's in it for them. The importance of living out of this perspective, out of this heart for Jesus and surrendering to His way is that it will impact people for eternity. For eternity. It will show them the love of Jesus. And if you're really worried today about telling the people about Jesus, just mark your calendar for next Sunday. That's what we're going to talk about. But today we're sitting and dwelling in this place that we cannot miss. We cannot miss that God is wanting us to love others through our actions. You are servants, he says. You are servants. As the band makes their way forward, Jesus said there in the last little bit of our text, uh, as this moment was closing down, he said, No servant is greater than his master. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You, you see, it's this crazy reality of serving in God's kingdom, that it's a double blessing, that we can be going out to serve, giving ourselves for others, and yet in that somehow, through the Holy Spirit, we receive blessing. I can't explain that to you today other than to say that's how good God is. But we've got to take him up on it we got to take them up on it. Some of you will remember our friend Julie Greer. Um, And and if you're new today, you might not have met her, but Julie Greer was the lady in the red hat. Uh, If some of you were around, you would have seen her. Uh, I met Julie right here um, just a couple days after she had had her first surgery to remove cancer uh, from her nasal cavity. And a couple days later, she's walking up and down the sidewalk. I saw this lady outside. I'm like, what is she doing? It's the middle of the week. So we got to talking, and she said, there's a church here? Yeah, nice to see you. Uh, but, you know, we talked and, and unpacked that a little bit, and she said, I'm going to be here this Sunday. Now, I'm sorry, I hear that a lot. man. Yeah. So I thought, whatever. So she comes. She said, I didn't know Julie yet. She comes, and she's coming through the parking lot, and she gets greeted by people who are serving. And she was prayed for before she ever even got through the door. And Julie, uh, her journey from that diagnosis to heaven was really short. And it was extremely hard. But even into her last bedridden days, she lived her life serving. Uh, Doctors described her cancer like the whack-a-mole game. Some of you young folks might not get this. But you remember that game you used to smack one and four more would pop up? That's how doctors described her cancer. So any time they would get one, more came. And her journey would go on to limit her ability to speak. She couldn't eat. It struggled with her hearing. But despite all of those things, she never stopped serving. She served me. You see, I I was calling. I was texting. And and, uh, if you knew Julie, she was pretty feisty. And she'd only let me visit on her terms, right? But as I was going, every single time, I set out to serve Julie. She served me every time. Every time. I'll never forget. It was in the fall, and and she made my family a pumpkin pie. Now, I know some of you are like pumpkin spice crazy. That's not me. I normally can do without it. But this pumpkin pie from Miss Julie was legit. Made by a woman who knew her hour was near. There was another visit, and I mentioned that she was slowly not able to speak. And uh, I went to try to serve Julie, and she gave me this picture. She wanted me to have it. Uh, you see, Julie and her husband were missionaries, and they ran into this young man in the field. and And I, I can't tell you the whole story, but she. Wanted December 16th, Julie loved me, December 16th, when she could barely speak, she dictated a letter to me that will be an encouragement for me for the rest of my life. She couldn't speak. She couldn't eat. I knew her hour was near but she took time to encourage me. Her cancer was super rare. I I think it was like less than 100 people in the United States. Even in her death, she made arrangements that her body could be donated to science. Might help somebody else. In her dying wish,
0: she was serving.
1: And can I just tell you today, friends, I want to live like Jesus and I want to serve like Julie. She got it. And God blessed us with her presence. She He blessed me with her presence and her serving. So, friends, we have a choice. We have a choice. We can live out of a what's-in-it-for-me attitude or we can live the call and commission of Jesus to live a what's-in-it-for-them life. We have a choice. To live looking at everything going, what's in it for me? Or to live into our dying breath going, what's in it for them? And the reality is, friends, Elton and the world are waiting to see what you choose. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? And I've said it multiple times, but I hope you hear me. This is not me beating up on you. I'm beating up on me. I'm stomping on my own toes today. This is an invitation to transformation. You see, this is not an easy one, two, three, just go do it and everything's swell. No, you can't. I'm telling you, you can't. Because we, like Judas, will fall back into serving for ourselves. Friends, the invitation to serve, what's going to bridge the gap to our world, is heart transformation wrought about by Jesus. To submit to his way. To live with his perspective on serving. Do you want to be transformed today? Do you want to be transformed? You can ask. No matter where you're entering this story. He's longing to be your Lord. To have full control. And to renew you totally. asking of what's in it for me we wouldn't be here today Lord because we can only love you because you loved us first you didn't look at the cross and say what's in it for me you went to the cross knowing what was in it for us and Lord that's the invitation the call Lord to share in your sufferings to share in your life here and now Lord, that you would so transform us that, that we would not live uh, uh, from a heart posture that, that's looking out for me, but that's just willing to say yes where you're leading and live with a life to our dying day that says what's in it for them. And Lord, that if anything, it's an invitation to transformation, to know you as Lord. And so, God, today we come before you from from many different walks and many different stories today. And we just ask you, Lord, will you transform me? Lord, you're our only hope. You're our only hope. And we need you. Holy Spirit, come. Uh, As we continue in worship, I invite you to pray. Pray whatever God's got on your heart today. He knows your needs. And he is longing to see redemption and transformation happen in your story and through your story. Lord, transform us.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at C-O-T-N-A-Z.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.